Just a small town company living in a shoe world. Just a basketball scout living it up in Las Vegas. They boarded the Jordan bandwagon going everywhere. Because we're talking movies, we're talking air. Starring Matt Davis, Jason Bateman, and Viola Davis. Written by Alex Convery and directed by Ben Affleck. You know, Chris, sometimes uh, the most you can do is all you can do. Wow, I, I actually went and got like an extra quote because I figured you were going to use the most notable quotable in this film. A shoe is just a shoe until someone steps into it. But also I've got money can buy you almost anything. It can't buy you immortality. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? If you've ever wanted to see an almost two-hour-long night commercials, don't worry. The guys from Goodwill Hunting have brought it to you via Amazon. It's 2023's Air. Scott, swoosh, take us away. How's that for a fucking opening? <laughs> I know. That's fucking, it's like you practiced in the mirror. <laughs> Okay, uh, before we get into Matt this, I Damon. Just... Okay, first, I just wanted to start off with a little tangent before we get into the uh, movie. So based on our conversation last last week, Chris, how did you ju- enjoy the Rock of Ages soundtrack that was played through this whole movie? Was it to your liking? <laughs> oh, so this, I, I actually am going to, at some point, talk directly about, again, the fucking ham-fisted use of fucking 80s music instead of 90s music just jammed in. There's one fucking sequence where there's like four fucking songs used basically where they go from like the office to an exterior shot to like the Porsche pulling up and it's like bam, 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 bam. And I'm like, fuck guys. This is why this thing has a $90 million budget. That in its cast. Because it... And it, we'll, we'll get oh, it was one hundred percent just the just the licensing for the soundtrack. Oh, hundred percent. Because I think I think they even said that they wanted the um, the arrhythmics. You, oh, the arrhythmics. Yeah, yeah. Sweet yeah. dreams. They wanted that. Oh, I don't know if it was sweet dreams. Um, sweet dreams in general, but they wanted uh, Duran Duran and the arrhythmics. Uh, for the soundtrack, but because of the licensing stuff, they, it wouldn't have fit the budget of this movie, so they had to take them out. Yeah, and it's already $90 million for a fucking, basically, an indie feature. Like, like there's... If if you replace the, like... And I know this is a big, you know, selling point of the film. It's got Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Chris Tucker and Viola Davis and... Uh, what's his name there? Um, Bateman? Yes, Jason Bateman. So, like, yes, those salaries are taking up. So, if you but you you just like replace them with like regular actors, this has now become like a maybe million dollar film. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, between the music and the the, the cast, this indie fe- feature is almost a hundred million dollars. Okay. <laughs> um so that was your tangent so let's get into the yeah yeah because I, I i was laughing no i was laughing the, the schnitzel and the spatula yeah no i was laughing the whole time watching this and they just went from one song to another song to another song it's just like okay we're going back to 
Nike headquarters and we got this song now. It's just like, okay. But I just, I'm like, oh, Chris is going to tear this up. I'm like, if he didn't like James Gunn choice of music, but I don't understand why you wanted them to have 90s music if this film was based in 1984. What, what are you fucking 80s. talking about? I'm saying we did Guardians of the Galaxy and they ham fisted a bunch of 90s music. Oh, okay. This okay. is ham fisted a bunch of saying. No, I don't want 90s music. And what? Come on. Come on. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually going to start with my quote because I think it's going to like kick off this whole conversation about this film. So, okay. Uh, Matthew Lacona from the San Diego Reader said, Nostalgia is the only reason I can think of to explain why old friends Ben Affleck and Matt Damon reteamed for a movie that so artlessly sets out to make us love shoe company Nike for buttering up a college hoop star better than Adidas or Converse. And, and really, it's that word nostalgia. I think we're going to be talking about nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia throughout this film both like how it was used in set decoration. We've already talked about music supervision, uh, but even just like why wouldn't, why you would go out and watch this film without, if it wasn't for nostalgia. So I think nostalgia is the word of the day uh, on the calendar. So, okay. So in terms of nostalgia, uh, the whole basis of this film is based off the, um, that documentary the last dance i don't know if you ever watched it but it's fucking good uh but there is a small i was too busy watching on... uh what is it winning times or whatever about the la lakers oh i haven't watched on that hbo yet. that is fucking good that is a great film that's more of a, a drama oh, that's about a... yeah yeah but um yeah like I, there was a small little section about the whole nike um trying to get jordan and alex Convery, the writer, uh, decided to do more research on it and, you know, made the book, uh, wrote the script and it was on, fuck, what is it called? The Blacklist. Blacklist. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that's what it got picked up at uh, Sundance, I think it was. And uh, uh, no, uh, by it got, So it got picked up by the Blacklist, by Amazon, and then it premiered at South by Southwest. Come on, get your premiere. No, no. I, I'm saying where it got picked up and then when Affleck and Damon got attached. Uh, I don't think it was Sundance. Like I said, I, I, anyway, maybe you have different information. I know that it premiered at South by Southwest. Yes. Premiere is after it's made. Yes. Correct. Thank you. Thank you for that information. Before it got made when they're like, fuck it, we're going to make this. Right. But I will say this, like, I'm just going to keep this super simple because I'm as simple as it is like for a movie with no action. This film is 100% made by the dialogue that's being delivered and written by by Mr. Convery here. It's what keeps you engaged, right? I think each performance was good. And, you know, as the game show goes, there were no real weak links in this. Like for And before you fucking start with Affleck, because I know this is where you're going to go. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job in this ensemble piece, right? Okay. Agree. So, disagree. So no, no, no. He's fine. Everybody's fine. I mean, I originally thought that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck had written this because there's so many scenes that are filler scenes that really, I mean, they're exposition or they, you know, flush out the story a little bit more. But essentially, they're just like two handers, tet to tets of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon going back and forth. Uh, that I was like. Or even like Jason Bateman or Chris Tucker, like going back and forth. And it made it feel like 
a bunch of actors were like, you know what I really want? We actually, I complained about this in House of Gucci, where you get a bunch of like kind of A-list actors together and they're like, but I want more screen time. I want more screen time. So you just have these scenes that you're like, this could have been like a 30 second, like you're going to sink the company. No, I'm not. Leave room. Instead, it's like five minutes of back and forth. And it's like, really? Like, okay, well, you throw one in there. It's sort of like a monologue. You throw one in every once in a while to give the actors a time to shine. But it just, this felt like, Set piece after set piece after set. Like, and I didn't listen. I didn't hate this movie, but it was just like, I guess I expected more out of it. I don't know. Cause it was getting so much fucking hype. And then I realized that basically like, um, sorry, what was the, what was the series that it came out of? The last dance. The last dance. Yeah. However long that was in the last dance, that's probably about how long this story should be. Like there's no need that this thing needs to be pushing up on two, two hours. It could be 80 minutes. Um, essentially the whole conversation is about, Hey, we need to get this athlete. Okay. Let's go get this athlete. And we also already know the end of the story cause it's not fiction. So there's no chance of us being like, damn, I guess, I guess Michael Jordan went to Converse cause we know he didn't go to Converse. Right. I guess, I guess what you're saying, but back to what you were saying at the beginning of your, uh, ramble there, um, Affleck and Damon did do some uncredited script revisions. Which I'd also, yes, yes. Some of those were for Michael Jordan, but I do wonder how much also like tweaking of fucking dialogue went on in there. Oh, probably when they're doing it, they. We need at least 15 more minutes of us talking to each other in this movie. Yeah, they made sure to like include the high school they went into. Like they mentioned that. So, you know, they kept it. They kept it close, but all in all, it's an enjoyable film. Um, I, I watched it obviously on Prime um, with my wife, and when we first turned it on, and you know the first scene of Affleck and uh, Damon together, she's like, "These fuckers again." She's like, "You haven't watched enough movies with them together," and, but then like five minutes later, she got enthralled with it. Like she got into it. She was watching it. So she enjoyed it too. So I was so that's the litmus there. test. If Scott's wife likes the movie, it's a winner. Yeah, it's it's very rare to to actually get a film that she will so, sit down to watch. It's interesting though because so when I watch this, I'm like, okay, this feels like definitely like a, a film for a streaming service, and that originally was what Amazon was going to do to it. Just make it, put it on their on their platform, good to go, and they gave it a theatrical release, which is impressive. But well, based on the test screenings, yeah, yeah, everybody liked it. And I mean, it's done again, it's done about 90 million at the box office. So essentially, I mean, okay, so Amazon did put in 50 million dollars worth of ads, Averns. right? Yeah. But if you think, okay, so they were never going to put it on the platform, they were just going to put it on the platform, so they would have been saving 50, but they have gained 90 against their budget. So mm-hmm. it's still a win for them, even though they, they're kind of like still $50 million out. They would have been $90 million out minus whatever they get out of the streaming, which they will still get. So uh, as far as like a business case, like I think it was a smart move to give it a theatrical release, mm-hmm. even with that $50 million marketing budget. I mean, they probably didn't need to spend $5 million advertising at the Super Bowl, but fuck it. It's Amazon. What are they worth? Like $2 trillion. So... Yeah. No, no, I get what you're saying. It's sort of like, actually, it's um, sort of like when you, you're you watching Ben Affleck's character uh, who plays Phil Phil Knight, who's like one of the co-owners. And like, he's talking at that time about being a billion dollar company. 
and crying about two hundred and fifty, five hundred thousand dollars. Like you're kind of like, yeah. stop being a bunch of fucking assholes. But again, they do bring up the point that at that time, Michael Jordan had never been in the NBA. Like he could have easily gone out there, been fucking awful, and that's it. But still, mm-hmm. it's only five hundred thousand guys. <laughs> you're a billion dollar company, and I mean, the rest is history. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I agree. Like, I think, like, the business side is what kind of enthralled me, right? Um, I, I know they took a lot of liberties on this because even the um, the the agent, Jordan's agent, is more of an antagonist than anything in this film. But in reality, he he's the one that actually pushed for the Nike meeting, right? So... I think well, because without conflict, you've just got. So, do you want to come to a meeting? Yes, we yes. signed you. Great, movie's over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? no, exactly right. Like my favorite, my favorite scene, like setup scene, is the is the actual Nike meeting, and it's when uh, Affleck comes in and he was like, "Oh, I'm super busy," you know. It's, so it's that a, but... that felt so clunky that it it made me think that that is based on like the real interaction because you yeah. would never write it like that. Unless that is based on some serious fact, just like the the cumbersome nature of him coming and being like, "I'm so busy and I'm uh, the head of a billion dollar company," you're like, "But I told them this. Uh, I needed to be here. This is super." And then he's like, "You got a video? You got a video? That Let's video put up was the awful. Video. <laughs> I know it was so awful. Which also makes me think that that is the video that was used." Like music and all, right? Oh, that that's a bunch of white people being like, oh, watch, this is going to be the best fucking video ever. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think they were joking around about it, like, uh, before it, too, because they're like, oh, you know, those videos go really well in these these meetings, right? We need a video. My My favorite scenes are actually when they're dealing with the shoe designer in the basement. And he's yeah. just so, he's like, do you want form? Do you want function? Do you want beauty? And just like in all, I was like that, that the sequence of dialogue was fun. You know what I mean? It was punchy. It was comical. It was interesting. Like, you know, all shoes are white, but Nike decides like, screw the NBA. We're going to pay the fines. I just thought that that was, that was a cool, like I said, and uh, originally that's a kind of a cool sequence. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to remember too, it wasn't Nike based on this story. It was the. The basketball scout. That's like this. That's what we're gonna do. And the marketing guy, right? And then they only drop it to like um, the CEO during that during meeting. meeting. You see his and his his <laughs> face is like, huh? Five thousand <laughs> like, dollars yeah, a yeah. game. I don't even know how many games are there in a season. Eighty-two. That's uh, a... yeah. yeah. So well, 82? I mean. That that's total game. Wait, a team plays eighty two. Holy fuck, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, not counting. Yeah, not counting not playoffs. Right, playoffs. So, right. So it sounds like all in all, you like the film. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was well done. It was entertaining, right? And um, it's it's a testament, kind of like if you do have a a decent solid script, right? Like and good performers, right? that'll you don't need the action scenes right so one thing i do want to com- comment on is so the director of photography is robert richardson and when i was watching it, i was like this fucking cinematography is not fantastic like I, I get very tired of the drone shot you know 
pans down, establishing shot, Converse, establishing shot, you know, Adidas. And, and I understand why they did that, right? In the sense that they shot basically all three buildings roughly the same way. But the mm-hmm. cinematographer is, like I said, Robert Richardson. So here's, here's the, some of the films that he's had nominated for Oscars. Once, a time in to- time in, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Hateful Eight, Django Unchained, Hugo, Inglorious Bastards, The Aviator, uh, JFK, Born on the Fourth of July, Platoon. He's one of only three cinematographers that have won three Oscars. Like, so this guy fucking knows what he's doing. I don't know why the cinematography was so like pedestrian. Maybe that's the point. Maybe he didn't want things to get lost. I, I really noticed those drone shots though. And it's just because mm-hmm. I, I see them in so many films nowadays, like drone shot, car driving, drone shot, building, like I said, establishing shot, yada, 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 yada. Um, the other thing, too, and this is less on him, is sort of like the, uh, on the topic of nostalgia. It's like everywhere you look, it's like, oh, I'm playing with a Rubik's Cube, Go- Ghostbusters, you know, handheld video game. It's like, we get it. It's fucking 1984. Like, you might as well have just said, you might as well have also thrown on there, Nike headquarters, 1984. It's like, we get it. We got the music. We got the I was, fucking... I was going to say, didn't they do that? Uh, they that may the have. first shot they of Nike? <laughs> that says Nike, 1984. <laughs> like, I like when those things are, like, subtle, not just like, hey, yet, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's 1984, but nobody's fucking smoking in that office building. Fuck that shit. I can almost guarantee you, it doesn't matter if it's a running company, everybody would have been smoking their faces up. Definitely an Adidas. In fucking Germany right now, they're probably smoking in those offices. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't think about it. You were just too into it. You're like, oh, look at that. Stand up arcade video game, Uh, 80s soundtrack. I want to rock. I was like, oh my God, Matt Damon in a fat suit. Oh. I mean, but, they, they could have got uh, Brendan Fraser. He could have reprised the, the role. Of what? Well, because he wore a fat suit in The Whale. That's that's where I was going with that. But uh, thanks for oh. playing. Um, <laughs> I love that there's all this big conversation about Viola Davis, who I love as an actor. I mean, Oscar Oscar nod for and wins for, like, Doubt and Fences. She was in The Woman King. She's barely in the fucking movie. And, yes, Michael Jordan specifically asked for Viola Davis to play his mom. That's awesome. But, like, there's all this conversation about her being in this film, and it's like, she's probably got, what, 10 minutes of screen time? I guess her character oh, is you know pivotal. What, Go ahead. Listen, do you know what she has? Do you know what she has with this film? Uh, best Supporting Actress nod. That's what but she But she's has. already won Best Supporting Actress for Fences. It doesn't matter. So. Now she has another one. Great. Uh, it would have been nice but for you her know to have a big enough role to know. get a hey, lead actor nod, but sure. Shut, shut up. Uh, do you know what I did know? Julius... Tenon, who plays Jordan's dad, is actually they're both husband and wife in real life. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that is awesome. That makes your, uh, you know, when you go home to Method Act, uh, it makes it easier. <laughs> uh, listen, I uh, <laughs> my, my take on this is it's like, it's fun. It's on Amazon. You can just watch it. You don't need to. I'm, I'm glad I didn't go to the theater to watch this. It was never on my radar to see in the theater. Um, okay. Don't so lie. hold on. You, this, you so, did. You did. You're what? like, I didn't we should go see, see Air. Yeah, but I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it at home. I know. But originally when we were doing our slate, you're like, oh, I want to do Air. 
And I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm the one that said, I'm not going to the theaters for something that's going to show up on Amazon. Okay. So, so you, you win, I guess. Um, here's my question to you. Cause you feel like every fucking movie we talk about has got an Oscar nod. So you said best supporting for Davis. Mm-hmm. Is, okay. Is best, best picture in the cards? No. Uh, best director. No. Oh, actually, can I? Can we talk? I, so I looked up Ben Affleck's list. We so we know that he did Argo, obviously, where they just like reinvented what actually happened. Uh, he did The Town, which I love. The Town is actually one of my favorite fucking movies. I think that's great. Uh, I do think that him driving that like ridiculous tundra in it is a bit silly, but that's another one. Uh, have you seen a film called Live by Night? Yes. How is it? Is it good? It, it's like kind of like. Uh... How do I? I'd say it's like kind of trying to be like Chinatown. Oh, but like a modern version? No, no, it's set in the forties, forties, fifties. It is like back in the day nostalgia. Okay, but yeah, like the acting was good, but it bombed in theaters, and that's why he hasn't this. He hasn't had a directing thing in a while. Well, then but... he did Gone Baby Gone, which is also a fucking great film. But did you see a short, I killed my lesbian wife, hung her on a meat hook, and now I have a three-picture deal at Disney? Did you see that fucking piece of cinematic awesomeness? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's that was one of his short films from like 1993 or something like that. It is awful. <laughs> it is fucking awful. <laughs> okay, so you don't think Best Director? Well, Gone Baby Gone was earlier. That was his first movie. Okay. Because when you're like he lived by night and then he did Gone Baby Gone. Oh, I, no, it's just the list I had, right? So Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, Live by Night bombed. That's why it's been almost ten years since he's directed again. Oh, okay. All right. But this one will get him some more, you know. Is he getting the Oscar one... nod? No. Okay. He won't get an Oscar nod. So other than the old it'll, it'll get a best original screenplay. That okay. much I can say. So you're or, saying screenplay... or would it be considered adapted because it's based the idea came from no 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 the, i think uh, i think to be adapted it would more mm, fuck that's actually that's uh that's some legalese there that's a you know what that's a good point we should look into that um because typically you would have like a fully flushed out like novel or something like that it i guess it depends on how big the segment in the last dance is like if it's a quick mm-hmm. blurb maybe not i guess it i guess you could look at the screenplay and is it considered like even in the list though it doesn't say based on so i don't know that's a good question but he'll probably get it so Mm. you're saying there should be a screenplay nod there the screenplay and viola that's my guess and maybe wild card is chris and and maybe some set decoration yeah costume design music super wow what the fuck costume design there was like almost no costuming Except uh, Ben Affleck. Do you like see this shorts. costume behind me? Like that is literally <laughs> going to be my Halloween costume right there. That's right there. I'm I getting know. it ready. I you saved basically it. you already look like that. So <laughs> I know. I just need the glasses, which I think is hilarious. And the perm. Uh, ben Affleck is he's a big dude, but the actual fucking Phil Knight was like a former cross country runner and track and field runner at Oregon State with like Bill Bowerman. And probably like Prefontaine and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like he would have not. He's probably not as big as Ben Affleck. I don't know. I did like that when they're they're showing him run. But and that's the thing when you say that that he he was a cross country 
um runner and stuff but when you see like when they do the little running montage it's like he can't even get up a hill he's just like ah oh, fuck it right? yeah, yeah <laughs> he's just yeah. like slowly walking up the hill in his in his in his tight pants and stuff like that yeah. uh like i said watch it on amazon it's fun uh it'll it'll be interesting we'll uh we'll definitely circle back around come award season we'll see how it does at all the stuff in the fall uh that 90 million dollar budget that's fucking big though man that's that amazon money man i want to suck at that teat but it it is but it, it's also not like you you have technically why like like you said you have the cast that it has and that fucking soundtrack you got the, costs... you got the soundtrack you have the cinematographer like yeah even their editor uh, i don't have his name here but he's also like an oscar-winning editor and stuff like that so you were in good hands uh and again if if it wasn't Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and stuff like that, would we even be talking about this film? So there is value in spending that money, bringing in that star power, especially at that now, level. Now, quick question before we end this. How do you feel about never actually seeing Michael in this film? Well, to me, the story is not so much about Michael Jordan, the athlete. It's about signing Michael Jordan, the commodity. And so he doesn't really need to show up, right? Like, it's about all the stuff that's happening around him. Like, I guess the question is, what would having Michael Jordan's presence really bring to the film? Like, having more Michael Jordan. How would, if you can flush that out. Well, well, that's the thing, right? Like, you then have his point of view as well. Because it's interesting that they went to him to get and he was like you got to cut this person out because they really had nothing to do with it and he didn't tell and he didn't suggest putting more of him in the film though yeah so but but that's the thing he 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 did suggest more of his parents though and then they got that you know actually one thing Mm -hmm. i would have liked to see is more college footage of jordan because they really only show the one shot that wins the final but it would have been kind of cool. Like if you're going to fuck it, you're doing nostalgia anyways, let's get a highlight reel of like Michael Jordan, or maybe there just isn't that much footage, but there would have been the entire lead up to the final when he's in college. Right. So yeah. Sweet six March madness, whatever. Um, but also as well, like it, it was interesting when they, when they have the big sunny speech at the meeting and you're literally watching the snippets of the last dance, which is like his whole future. Right. Yeah. You see what happens with his dad. You see all that. Like, I thought that was like, man, you're really just pretty much trying to cut out everything from that documentary. Like, you don't need to watch it. Just watch this little montage <laughs> and we're going to fucking tell just, you. Or just go watch The Last Dance and don't bother watching. Because The Last Dance is about the Bulls in general, isn't it? Yeah, about their whole last season, right? Yeah. Uh, of that team together. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. You know, you know Affleck wants 
statement to get the nod. So that way, when he accepts, he has to say like to my to to my director. Say it. Say it. Say it. I actually, I almost want him to get it on just to see how that dance happens. (laughs) I know, Ben. What you want is therefore, Ben. I'm not gonna do that. And then thank everybody, including like the fucking best boy in key grip and everybody else. And then be like, I, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Yeah, I just can't remember. Thank you, everybody. And then you Ben Affleck and walk off the stage. Like I, I think that, that that interplay would be super fun. Yeah, I think so too. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.